0: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. history Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there
1: anything you don't gamble on?
0: Uh, not really. Oh, to left. And it's Tie game. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended gambler's not your problem you're just an idiot
2: welcome to the full slate week 15 sunday scaries pod i'm your co-host cody darwick joined by my brother out in chicago tyler darwick tyler that was a shitty ending to a otherwise
1: pretty good sunday Yeah, tough loss for the 49ers, um, going down to the Falcons on the last second, Julio Jones touchdown. I mean, I've seen people on Twitter say they blew an opportunity with this game. I don't really understand how that's the case. They were going to need a win out regardless. Unless Seattle had lost next week at home <clears throat> to Arizona, they're going to need to win that week 17 game in Seattle for the one seed in the division. So I'm not as upset about it. It always sucks to lose, but I think they knew what their path was ahead of them anyway. Yeah, it ultimately
2: won't change a lot. I think you said it. They're going to have to win in Seattle regardless, but definitely definitely a gut punch, to say the least. We'll get into that game, obviously. But, um, Tyler, are you nervous at all that I'm only a game back now on uh, lock the week after today?
1: No, couldn't be less worried about it, but congrats to you. You got, mm-hmm. back, you got back in the win column, so everyone has their day, so I'm happy for you.
2: Okay, thank you, Tyler. Uh, sensing a little bit of sass out there in Chicago. Um, hope everything's okay out there. So I'll, I'll let you go first, Tyler. What was your uh, Sunday scariest moment?
1: So there were some definitely definite bad beats today. My Sunday scariest moment is anyone who had the Redskins... Um, It opened, it was around plus four and a half, closed at plus six and a half today at home versus the Eagles. They're covering that game throughout. The Eagles scored a late touchdown to go ahead. Um, it was 31 to 27, so Redskins are still covering. They had a little time left, and they're actually driving the field and a little past midfield with a chance to throw a potential game-winning touchdown on the Hail Mary, and then Dwayne Haskins fumbles. The Eagles pick it up, return it for a touchdown. Absolute garbage time means nothing, but then the Eagles end up winning by 10, which blows anyone who had the Redskins, so thoughts and prayers out to them, because that's a bad beat.
2: Yeah, that's a quintessential bad beat. That was a terrible beat. Um, I know Darren Ravel is doing his weekly like Fade Ravel picks. Um, that, that was his. He was on the Redskins, so... Tough for him. Now he has to eat very spicy Indian food. That sucks. Um, but Dwayne Haskins, I'll give the Redskins some credit. We've we've been hating on the Eagles for a while now. Still feel that way. They kind of had to pull out. They did have to pull out last-minute victories over the Redskins and Giants in back-to-back weeks. So, I mean, we'll see. Like, the way the NFL works, they'll probably blow out the Cowboys next week, um, especially after Cowboys coming off the big win. But Dwayne Haskins... He, like, was almost, his first couple weeks, it was like an auto bet against him. He looked like not non NFL quarterback at all, but he played well today. 19-28, to 28, 261 yards, two touchdowns. His former college coach, um, Urban Meyer, was in the house watching the game with Alex Smith, who, like, I forgot Urban Meyer back in the day was at Utah with Alex Smith. Um, so maybe a potential future head coach of the Washington Redskins, Tyler, Urban
1: Meyer. Could be. I don't know. There, there's always these college guys who get thrown out there. Like Cowherd was saying, would Nick Saban go to the Cowboys? Lincoln Riley's name's been thrown out there. When you're such an elite coach in college, why would you want to go to the NFL? You have all the power at those schools, and all those guys are gods at where they were. Urban Meyer was a god uh, when he was at Ohio State and Florida. So like, what's the point in going to the NFL? And especially the Redskins, which are. Such a terribly run organization, such a terrible owner, but maybe he wants a challenge. And like you said, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, Terry McLaurin—he's got some of his former guys on the Redskins, so maybe it would be a fit. But I don't see it for him. I mean, he did retire for health issues, so I hope he's feeling better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he was hanging in in the uh,
2: in his suite with Alex Smith, so hopefully they were they're having fun, yucking it up, but. The Redskins' beat was brutal, as was anyone who bet the under in the 49ers game. Um, So Sunday's scariest moment for me is kind of twofold here, building on your bad beat. Um, This one, the over-under was 49.5 it closed at. This game was cruising towards the under. It was 13-10 49ers through three, Um, and obviously this late with two seconds ago the 49ers wait actually can we talk for a second um what do you think about the falcons needing the ball when they're up one um instead of actually going for two
1: i mean there's like the thought that they thought they're gonna run out the clock right but i think they're just doing it because you can return a two-point turnover for two points so if they threw a pick and it got returned for a touchdown or whatever that would be two points for the 49ers so i didn't i didn't really have an issue with it yeah at first
2: i thought they didn't know the rules and then i think the announcer said that but at first i was like oh my god dan quinn out doing himself but yes yeah, that made sense um but i think watching those two reviews as a 49er fan was pretty brutal then quickly i did do what you did i was like wait the saints have three losses too right so again didn't really change all that much just was very disappointing way for that to end but yeah the 49ers as they're lateraling the ball trying to pull off a miracle uh the falcons do a scoop and score hits the over um so thoughts and prayers to anyone who had that under um but yeah, I mean, Tyler, we could start with the Niners game real quick. I don't think there's that much to talk about. Falcons are just kind of annoying. I think they're, what, four and two the last six now. Julio Jones still is an elite level receiver in this league. I feel like, I mean, he had 13 catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns. 49ers were without a couple of their top corners. Richard Sherman was out. Kwan Williams out. But like, He's kind of forgotten a little bit. I feel like the past couple of years, Falcons have had down years, but Julio Jones is still probably pound for pound the best receiver in this league. And he was doing whatever he wanted with the 49ers today. He
1: he hadn't scored in nine straight games, which is the most Falcons stat that they have this all pro receiver um, all-time receiver. who's going to be a Hall of Famer, and they just can't get him the ball in the red zone and end up scoring. So that was a classic Falcons stat, but he had a great game today, made some really nice catches. Um, so ha- hats off to him. and Just classic Falcons to win games like this down the stretch. They've beaten the Saints and the 49ers now, and you know they're obviously not going to make the playoffs. But this keeps Dan Quinn. Maybe he keeps his job. He could build momentum off of this. So good for him. The thing I didn't understand with the 49ers was, um, they kicked the field goal with Robbie Gould to go up five. It was fourth and two. Why not just go for it in that s- scenario? Just try to win the game. I don't know. I, I thought they should have went for it at that point. You got a first down, ends the game. No, yeah. plays out, but whatever. I, I expected them not to come into this game with a ton of juice, just as a fan watching. I mean, their last three games, as we know, were versus all really good teams, a ton of you know stakes on the line for those games. This game it's a letdown it's unfortunate but again they control their own destiny for the one seed and if you're going to be the one seed you should like they have to beat seattle so they're gonna have to earn it and if they are deserving of it they'll do it Mm -hmm.
2: um a couple plays here that i think cost the 49ers they were up three in the third quarter driving um matt Breida fumbles the ball when they're pretty much inside the Falcons 35. Seems like they're getting a little momentum together. That was a bad one. Um, and the play on third down, I think it was about third and five or so, um, on their last drive where they ultimately get stopped and Gold kicks the field goal to go up five. I think Kittle picks up that first down if he doesn't bobble the ball. Um, the announcers couldn't have called that play worse. Yeah, I mean, he, he would have had it. He was within two yards going george kittle full steam ahead and he was just like this will get lost in this game because it was kind of crappy but like george kittle is just plowing over people this whole game he literally body slammed uh, a falcons defender on, <laughs> on Raheem mostert's touchdown in the first half um people just like defenders bounce off him um we've spoken about the 49ers a lot so let's let's move on but again like what it comes down to is they have to take care of business the next two weeks. If they do, we'll be very happy. And if they don't, uh, we won't be quite as happy. But, Tyler, AFC South, premier matchup of the day. Kind of insane that this this was probably the top matchup in our minds going into the week. Um, the Titans hosting the Texans. Titans coming in with all the momentum in the world. Texans Doing classic Texans things, laying a dud versus the Broncos after beating the Patriots, and we spoke about it on the phone this morning. And we both liked the Texans or the tight ends on our pick'em pod, and made a comment to you being like, "Kind of want to take the Texans money line." Now that I think about it, and they bounce back. They won by three on the road, 24-21. I did not take the money line, um, but they win outright as a three-point dog, and have. They're in the driver's seat of the AFC South with two weeks to go. Tyler, what did what did you take from this game? These two teams are just like, uh, you just never know what you're getting with either of them.
1: Yeah, it's hard week in, week out to really know what you're going to get. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins had a monster fourth quarter helping them pull away at 98 receiving yards in the fourth. Carlos Hyde with another 100-yard game. He's over 1,000 yards, so... <clears throat> This is the Texans team when they're on their, you know their good, their good days. they look like one of the better teams in the AFC. So really impressive win to go in there and kind of slow down all the momentum the Titans had. And it felt like the game opened up and the Titans had the momentum. They were going in to score unfortunate play where it bounces off um, you know fellow high school, uh, peer of mine, Anthony Fersker, on the Titans, bounces off his chest, gets picked off. Texans return it almost for a touchdown. They go in and score shortly thereafter. That felt like a momentum swing early, but the Titans definitely had their chances. Deshaun Watson threw two picks in the red zone, really bad. The Titans got just their usual BS plays. Jonu Smith, a tight end, takes a <laughs> pitch play, runs for 57 yards. They got the two picks in the uh, red zone so they had their chances but the texans did a really good job they were up seven with the ball late in the fourth quarter and they drove down the field and kicked a field goal that pretty much iced the game deshaun watson did make a really stupid play where he threw the ball away when he could have just slid and gone down and that would have ran more time off it might have ended up costing them it didn't but It was an impressive game for the Texans to bounce back after last week's disappointment. And now they sit a game up on Tennessee and control their fate. Yeah. And also the
2: Titans play the saints next week. Um, So that's obviously not an easy matchup for them. So I think the Texans are in real good shape here to finish off the division. Um, I, I agree Deshaun Watson, his, red zone interceptions or a bit head scratching, but just he shows these flashes, especially with Deandre Hopkins, where he's, he's incredible. And bottom line is they'll probably be a four seed, um, in the AFC. And I think that you, we can get a Texans, uh, Ravens matchup at some point, And I think that's pretty appealing. I mean, to get Deshaun Sean versus Lamar, they got destroyed the first time, but the way this Texans team works, I don't know. I It's like a team I wouldn't really want to face because you just never their their ceiling is, I think, AFC championship level team or they could easily lose in the first round to whichever uh, team wins the
1: Steelers-Bills game. Definitely. And they did a good job of battling up Dark Henry. He's been killing teams the last month or so. He only had 21. He had 21 carries for 86 yards, didn't score. So they did a really good job of containing him. And that feels like that's what really gets the Titans offense going. Tannehill played pretty well. I think his stats are a little misleading. They had the touchdown at the end of the game to cut it to three. But at that point, the game was pretty much over. So he didn't play as well as he has been. Um, So huge win for the Texans. Huge win for me having them to win the AFC South, their win over, hit today. And I have the Titans win under at eight. And it's possible that that pushes because, like you said, they play the Saints next week. That's not an easy game. And then they play at Houston the final week of the season. So I, I might end up pushing, which would feel like a huge win uh, for me. So I'm excited about that. I actually
2: just realized now that we're talking about win total over-unders that my Raiders under still has legs to potentially push, uh, which is pretty wild given where we're at here. They blew. We're going to go off script here. We didn't talk about um, mentioning this game on the pod, but we had the Raiders in our teaser. Well, that my we lock. Can... Yeah, true. True. Sorry. So we will get to that. But my my uh, mm. under six wins bet, that's, that's still alive here, Tyler much much uh mm.
1: still still alive for you we'll talk about it later one last point on the texans titans game before we move on titans i think is their first drive of the game they got pinned back they're on their own one in just typical Titans fashion, first play, Ryan Tanhill throws a 60-yard bomb to A.J. Brown to get into Texans' territory. So classic Titans just pulling these plays out of their butts, and A.J. Brown continues to play well. But let's move on to the next game we want to discuss, Bears-Packers. Packers won 21-13, eliminating the Bears from the playoffs. And I have to give Mitch Trubisky some credit because he, he did play – pretty well he kept them in the game um when it seemed like the packers were on you know the doorstep of just blowing them out but mitch played well and did you see the last play of the game cody because they almost scored on that pitch play i think they should have scored um
2: yeah they essentially have their last second um play to try and score and who is like one of the guys on their team was kind of like playing a hero ball. He was trying to get in himself, but if he had just pitched the ball to Alan Robinson, Allen Robinson was on probably like the six yard line. If he gets that ball, I think he's two steps in a dive and likely in which would have covered the spread. There are four point dogs in green Bay. Um, brutal, brutal for the bears way to go out. I mean, that guy, I don't know. When you're in the moment, I imagine he's like on the eight yard line, whatever it was, and he's just trying to get in. Um, but we could have had a serious miracle beat there, which would have won against the Packers
1: potentially, which never happens. I know. Alan Robinson was wide open, and that was just solely, so bizarrely played by the Packers. Just like they were, Tariq Cohen catches it. They're running down the field, and they're pretty close. Mitch gets it. He's running. He's like inside the 20. And the Packers defense is just showing like no sense of urgency. You would have thought they were on their own twenty, and then like we said, Allen Robinson was open with a chance to win uh, or tie the game potentially, pending a two point conversion. They stopped them short. It was it was a bizarre ending. And for the Packers, they're eleven and three, but they, they doesn't it- yeah, doesn't it feel like a very unimpressive 11 and 3? Rogers through was pretty pedestrian, 16 to 33, 203 yards, a touchdown, no picks. I looked up, looked it up. Five of his last six games, he's thrown one touchdown or less. Um, they're just, they don't like impress you that much. They're still, they're currently the two seed, still in the NFC, but they don't excite you. Their defense is okay. They're bend but don't break type defense, and offensively, they'll like. Go into spurts like they did today, where they scored twice quickly in the third and quarter. And they, they just sit on three. it. Yeah, yeah. And then they don't do anything the rest of the game. It's very bizarre, and it's just, it's weird to say that about an eleven-three team, but they don't feel like a legit Super Bowl team. No, they don't to me either. I think we'll learn a lot next
2: week when they go into Minnesota, um, essentially, is to wrap up the division. But just looking at their schedule, teams they beat. So week two, they beat the Vikings at home. A game, 21-16, a game that Kirk Cousins threw a miserable interception late in that game as they were coming back. I think they got up 21-0, if I'm remembering correctly, and kind of sat on it. Um, but just looking at other notable wins, they won at Dallas, which at the time felt bigger than it does now the more we know about dallas they want add arrowhead which is never easy but that was a matt moore started game um so the packers haven't really had a very impressive win this year they're gonna have their chance next weekend um when they travel to minnesota to take on the vikings but yeah i think there's a lot to be learned about the packers for a team that potentially could be a, a top two seed in the nfc i, I, don't, I don't know rogers hasn't Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't fully impressed me that much this year. Um, Hopefully I won't have to eat crow if he destroys the 49ers in a playoff game. But I, I don't know. This team doesn't scare me. And since the Bears got down 21-3 to three and actually made this a game, Trubisky threw the ball 53 times. Um, just not a recipe for success there um, at all. And, I mean, the Bears had three turnovers, Packers didn't, and that's kind of the difference maker. And, I mean, for the Bears to even get to this point, seven and 7-7, seven, from where they were a few weeks back, f- feels almost like a win.
1: Definitely. The turnovers will kill you, but, again, the Packers had a lot of chances to put the game over away and they just they don't have that killingston killer instinct and i heard a stat today uh coming into the game in out of the 52 quarters they've played 24 of them they scored three points or less and that happened again today two of the four quarters three points or less they didn't score in the fourth quarter they just go into these modes where their offense gets very stagnant and they can't create big plays Um, Like, Matt LaFleur, he's doing a very good job in his first year. They're 11-3. and It's tough to come in as a first-year coach and have success. But, like, when you watch their offense, what is so creative about it? This is a guy who came under, what, McVay and Shanahan, right? And, like, what about their offense is, like, so creative and, like, uh, progressive? Nothing really. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're
2: heavily relying on Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Both guys stepped up. Devontae Adams had a nice game, but yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot that woos you. I, I mean, 17 incompletions out of Rogers is a high number, uh, as cold weather there, but still. Um, We'll see what happens. Like, Rodgers took a bad sack in the fourth quarter with about three minutes to go. They were essentially in field goal range. He takes a sack, puts them out of field goal range when they're up eight. And at that point, a field goal puts the game on ice. So, I don't know, some kind of uncharacteristically um, dumb plays out of Aaron Rodgers this year, it feels like. But credit to us. We were both on the Packers, on the Pick'em pod. We gave that one out, so chalk that one up a winner for us. Um Tyler, next game one to talk about here, Cowboys Rams. Uh we talked about it on the Pick'em pod. Do you remember? Did did you take the cowboys or did I? Are you feeling okay? You did. Um okay. Okay, I did. Thank you. I just want to see if you remember that too. Yeah, I was on the Cowboys on the pick'em pod. Um and this the line just felt weird to me. Uh Cowboys, it was kind of a tale of two teams, Rams getting their mojo back. Cowboys couldn't win anything. Um, but I don't know, you gotta you gotta give the Cowboys credit. I think they got back to who they were, their one point home dog, and they won forty four to twenty one and this final score is deceiving. They're up thirty seven to seven. They rushed for over two hundred sixty yards, and because the Rams lost 49ers clinched playoff spot.
1: Yeah, and credit to Dallas. I mean it, it's felt like the last three, four weeks, the sky's been falling there, so credit to them i mean next week is the season for that nfc east division title in philadelphia so we'll see what happens there um i think the cowboys maybe they listen to my podcast or our podcast i should say oh i was gonna say my Hmm. i was gonna say my i was gonna say my Hmm. my my point i made on the pick pod my mistake trouble in paradise They scored they scored twenty four points in the second and third quarter today. So like I had said on the pick pick'em that's when they had been struggling on their three game losing streak after they get off script on offense. Um that's when they struggled, but today they came out and played well. The Tavon Austin touchdown wide open. Defenders clad into it. But when you're going when you're on a losing streak you need plays like that. And for the Rams, just kind of really disappointing effort coming off. Really nice win on Sunday night versus Seattle. Felt like, you know, they were only a game out of the Vikings, and they saw the a chance, and if they got in, maybe they could be dangerous. They have the experience from last year, but they played terrible, girly, 11 carries for 20 yards, just not what you need, and, you know, Goff, he didn't do much. His final stats are pretty misleading. Yeah, a lot of it in garbage time there. So
2: hopefully McVay comes with the same game plan next weekend um, in San Francisco. But impressive game from the Cowboys. Honestly, this was on red zone. It was like a third screen for me. I wasn't paying super close attention, but it seemed like every time they went to it, the Cowboys had the ball in the red zone and they were running it in, which was the case. I mean, Tony Pollard had twelve carries, 131 yards, a touchdown. Zeke 24 carries, 117, and two touchdowns. He's kinda he's had an underwhelming season, uh, Zeke has. So they're gonna need this next week in Philly if they're gonna wrap up this division. But I mean this this win like feels like it buys Jason Garrett some time, even if they is is there a world, Tyler, where Jason Garrett loses next week and he comes back?
1: No, if they lose next week and they don't make the playoff, I think even if they make the playoffs, and they'll lose in the wild card game, probably. Like, I don't think he's coming back unless they made the NFC Championship game. At, at what point? Like, this is his whatever year, ninth, tenth year, whatever. Just how, how can you keep bringing this guy back, and every week it's so dramatic, and Jerry Jones definitely plays a huge part in that, and he causes a lot of the drama that is around the team, Um, but I don't know. I don't know how you could bring back Jason Garrett. He's, it's the same thing we say every week. He doesn't do anything. He's a clapper. It's the same thing we say every year. This is yeah. only our second year, like having these takes being
2: recorded and put out, but... I mean, the entire sports world has been like past five years. Okay, this is it for Jason Garrett. We'll see if this actually is it. Um, I I do want to give Jason Witten a shout out for his touchdown. I think it was in the first quarter. Did you see it? The one handed catch. Not bad for someone that was in the Monday Night Football
1: booth last year. Yeah, that that was an awesome catch. Dak just put a bullet on him and just put his hands up just in time. And it kind of like stuck to him. So awesome catch for him. Any other games you want to touch on, Cody, or should we take a quick break?
2: Um. Oh, real quick. Last note on this game. Did you see the thing on Twitter, Tyler, about... So Dak went out for the coin toss before the game and said they want to kick, and because he didn't say they wanted to defer, uh, the the Cowboys kicked on to start the game, and the Rams got the ball to start the second half.
1: Is that no, right? No, so... He, apparently that's what they thought he said, but then I mean I'll be honest I didn't see the video, but they said the NFL changed it and then the Dallas ended up did getting the ball to start the second half. So they, they changed
2: it mid game. I'm looking at this now.
1: Okay, yeah, but I don't know. It seems a little sketchy. NFL stepping in in that scenario. Apparently what Dak said was weird, but it should have been you know meaning deferred. Not what happened. So. I don't know. It didn't matter. The game was so out of hand, but it is, that is what uh, bad coach teams do. They do stuff like that, so another instance where Jason Garrett just isn't a good coach, but it didn't end up mattering. They dominated this game, and it was, it was out of hand. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, Jameis, 28-42, of
2: 42, 458, four touchdowns, one interception. So shout
1: out to Jameis. He got his pick out of the way early, and then he He, he, he went out. to work, then he went to work. Yeah, he had, I think he had 300 yards in the first half, right?
2: Yeah, he did. And Godwin left the game early, so he's just playing, throwing dimes all over the place to Brashad Perryman. Um, so, Jameis, I think he's going to be starting quarterback in the NFL next year.
1: I hope so. I mean, Texans play them next week at home. That's not an easy game. Tampa's seven and seven, one of the hottest teams in the league. Their offense has been on fire, so that's not a team you really want to play, like Houston, who's still battling for the division, coming off a big win. Like you thought a few weeks ago that was an easy game, Tampa at home. I mean that that's not a cakewalk by any means. No.
2: No, they're in full spoiler mode. Um, but any any other games you want to talk about? or Or you want to take a
1: break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll recap our locks of the week and give out our Grandpa Billy's Bums of the Week. All right, Cody. Let's move on to our lock of the week recap. I unfortunately lost this week. I had the over in the Raiders Jags game, forty-five and a half. So I fall to nine and six on the year. You won with the who did you have? Vikings minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. You're eight and you're eight and seven. I'm just. I'm heating up the competition uh, as we go down. I don't want to clinch too early, so I keep it going into week 16. That's my end game plan. So, unfortunately, I lost, but I'll let you get started. Mm, Did it for content. That's interesting. Um, But yeah, Tyler,
2: so thank you for letting me get started here. Appreciate that. I had Vikings minus two and a half, as you said. This morning when I woke up, um, I was a little more nervous about it because I saw that, Th- the line moved to Vikings minus one or even a pick 'em in some places. Um, so you, you don't necessarily want to lock in the line ahead of it, moving in the opposite direction of your pick. It's not the best thing in the world, but you know what? The Vikings took care of business here. Uh, the game smelled a little bit of a trap. They play is a bit of a look ahead spot. They play uh, green Bay at home next week. Um, But they got off to a quick start. They scored the touchdown early. They missed the extra point, of course, because kickers in the NFL are terrible. Um, Then Chargers scored, and I was like, okay, it's getting interesting here. Um, And the game was, it was 10-9. The Vikings were up late in the first half. Chargers were driving. Rivers, throws a really bad Philip Rivers-esque interception. I was like, okay, this is great. Kirk Cousins, they start driving down the field uh, right around the two-minute warning of the first half. He has a screen play out, I believe Dalvin Cook, and just throws a terrible Kirk Cousins pick. Um, Just throws it right to the defender, who the defensive end just jumped the screen. I was like, okay, here we go. Um, Then Chargers pick up a first down. I don't feel so amazing about this. Then luckily... Um, the Vikings had a strip sack fumble. They scoop and score. Uh, so they go up, um, at the end of the first half is a pretty big momentum swing there. So they're up, um, at the half 19, what's square 1910. Yeah. So they were losing. Um, so they kind of never look back from that point on. They're down 10, nine, they score 30 unanswered and the chargers just, I would say this game was more the chargers losing it than the Vikings winning it. Dalvin cook went out in the third quarter with a shoulder injury. Didn't feel great about it, but luckily the chargers decided to just turn the ball over every, every chance they got. They had seven turnovers in this game. They oh had my four, God. they had four fumbles that they lost three interceptions. The Vikings luckily only had the one interception uh, on Kirk cousins. Then the first half and Honestly, the final score was closer than it probably uh, should have been for a while. The Vikings were only up like 25 to 10. It felt like they should have been up 42 to 10 at that point. But again, the Chargers just did not come to play at all. Um, Anthony Lynn, I think, is, is a dead man walking these days. They had the impressive win last week versus the Jaguars, but doesn't mean a whole lot. Vikings take care of business. I moved to 8-7. and seven, Felt good. I was... Pretty annoyed that Dalvin Cook went out in the third quarter. I have him on two fantasy teams in the semifinals. Now everyone cares about that, but also lock of the week. But again, we just learned this weekend, week out in the NFL. Even Dalvin Cook, who's an elite NFL running back, probably top five, he gets replaced by Mike Boone. Their backup, Madison, also didn't play. Mike Boone steps in. He has 13 carries, 56 yards, two touchdowns. Looks great. Um, And again, just kind of goes to prove that NFL running backs, a little bit of plug and play here. Um, But yeah, it was, it was easy. It was not as much of a sweat as I thought it was going to be in the first half.
1: Yeah. That play before the half chargers going in to potentially take the lead and, and then the Vikings get the defensive touchdown that swings a game, and it was over after that. I mean, the Chargers are so bad. Philip Rivers has 11 interceptions in his last five games. We've been talking about Jameis, you know, probably not starting next year, being a backup. I think Philip Rivers, I don't know if he'll be a backup, but I don't think... I think the Chargers need to start looking for a replacement. They're going to be picking around the top 10. There's a lot of quarterbacks coming out this year. I would seriously consider taking one. I think Phillip Rivers is washed and past his prime. They're just so miserable to watch. And I didn't see a ton of the game, but the one play I did was just so typical Chargers. They're down 25 to 10. They're in the red zone, third and six, you know, still in the game, two possession game. They sent Keenan Allen in motion. Do like a fake jet sweep to him. And I didn't understand the play call at all. Keenan Allen is arguably your best receiver. And they do like a fake reverse to him on a third down. Completely takes him out of the play from potentially receiving. No one gets open. Phillip Rivers throws it away. And then that was that. I mean, just typical Chargers things. They're terribly coached. They make boneheaded mistakes every week. So good for you. When the line was moving towards the Chargers, it just felt it was weird i felt like people were way overthinking this game vikings are the better team they're better coached they make less mistakes so good for you thank you um so what happened in your lock of the week um it was a loser so i had like i said the over in jags raiders 45 and a half and started off great tyrell williams scored quick into the game um and then you know 10 minutes in the game there were 13 points total so i was feeling pretty good both teams had settled for a field goal but the way they're moving it it's like okay this is gonna hit easily and it just died quickly It was 16 to 3 at halftime so not on pace but didn't feel like i was completely out of it and then kind of what you had said jacksonville's offense really didn't do anything until the end of the game and they ended up obviously winning but raiders offense I mean, they didn't score in the second half, so it died. They were running the ball a lot. The clock was running so quickly. Um, so this was a loser, 20-16. to 16. Raiders lose their last game in the black hole. And did you see, like, the pictures and the videos after the fans were booing, throwing garbage on the field, and I joked <laughs> on the pickem pod they should rush the field, but that was if they had won the game. They had lost, and some fans did run on the field and got arrested, so... It was <laughs> It was an absolutely crazy scene, and they were booing the team, and there are cards.
2: There are laser pointers happening. The refs had to make an announcement at some point about, yes. please please stop with the laser pointers. What the
1: hell is this? Laser pointers haven't been cool in years. Yeah, I mean, that's why I tweeted my lock uh, should maybe be reconsidered just because... There's obviously external things affecting the players, and we don't know what would happen if the laser pointers weren't there. But an absolutely wild scene after that game. They're booing Derek Carr running off the field. Derek Carr is terrible. He had that great year in 2016. Ever since the injury, he just hasn't been the same player. And I was watching the game, and every pass he throws has to be like three yards. He's not allowed to throw the ball down the field. They have a third and five on their own 45 moving the ball. Just throws a two yard check down, they get stopped, end up hunting. I mean, he's terrible. I think he's not gonna be on the team next year. I imagine John Gruden's probably fed up with him also. He's just captain check down, kinda like Sam Bradford was, just never throws the ball down the field and he got booed running off the field. So disappointing uh way to end in Oakland. And like you said earlier, your, you know, team total is still alive. It's very much still alive. Their next two games
2: are at, at the Chargers and uh, at Denver. So who knows with this team, all of these AFC West teams, like week in, week out, besides the Chiefs. You have no idea what you're getting. Out of the Jags, like, they just blew up our teaser here. We, we wanted the Pats. And that one wasn't looking great for a while. And then Andy Dalton remembered who he was. He threw a couple threw a pick six and that that game kind of opened up. So the Pats covered easily on that leg of the teaser and the Raiders were second half of the teaser. And you know what, Tyler was looking pretty nice. It was 16 to three going into the second half and the Raiders just laid a dud. I mean, to not even score in your last half at home in Oakland, um, I imagine the black hole was, like, the most angry place on earth the second half of this game.
1: Yeah, and the Raiders just completely blew the game at the end. I texted you. So they had a third and 11 on Jags, 32. There's a minute 52 left in the game. Jags have no timeouts, So if you're the Raiders, you have to run the ball in that situation. Get a couple yards, make it maybe an easier field goal. But also run the clock. That's 40 seconds you take off the clock. They decide to throw it. Of course, captain check down, throws a short pass to Tyrell Williams. Incomplete. So then the, the Raiders line up for a 49-yard field goal. They miss it. But luckily, the Jags uh, ran into the kicker. So it was a five-yard penalty. They get to kick it again. He misses it again, then the Jags get the ball, go down, score, win the game. I mean, just awful coaching by Gruden in that scenario. And we've talked about it. They were 6-4, and four, looking great. Maybe they'd make the playoffs, um, but now they're 6-8. and eight. Every, All hope that really felt there early in the year kind of has gone away. Now it feels like this team, not back to square one, but they're, they're still really far away from competing. Questions at quarterback. Their defense is still pretty bad, so horrible horrible loss for them and i agree with you the black hole had to be like the angriest place (laughs) in the world after they lost that game and honestly probably pretty dangerous
2: yeah yeah definitely dangerous um so you give that a loser so i'm one game back a couple weeks to go here so we'll see what happens um but let's wrap it up with grandpa billy's bum of the week tyler i'll let you go first
1: thank you um so my grandpa billy's bum of the week Kind of twofold one, Kyle Allen. he was terrible today through three interceptions versus uh, Seattle. felt like every time they went to Red Zone, he was getting picked off in that game. And building off of that, David Tepper, who's the owner of the Panthers, We talked about it a couple weeks ago when they fired um Ron Rivera. I had said Ron Rivera was going to get fired, but that was more a situation where he had been there a while and was just kind of ran its course. Firing him in the middle of the season made no sense to me because that was a a guy who all the the players on the team really respected, and he still had the locker room, just kind of had ran its course. You fire him in the middle of the season, it seems like they've kind of lost the team, and then still they keep Kyle Allen in, and he continuously throws picks. He's been horrible. Ever since you know going into that 49ers game, he's getting a lot of love. He played terrible, and then he had another pretty nice game versus the Packers. Since then, he's been awful, and they drafted Will Greer in the third round of the past draft. Play him. See what he has. I mean, he's a third-round pick. Usually, guys, you draft in the third round, you're going to want to be starters at some point. So I have no idea what the Panthers have been doing. Their game plan the past few weeks has made no sense. So Kyle Allen... David Tepper, my Grandpa Billy's Bums of the Week.
2: Yeah, and this one was especially frustrating before the 49er game when we are have our eyes set on, hey, maybe Seattle goes into Carolina, lays a dud. You never know. Um, And I mean, this was a ball game, but I think early in the game, every time red zone flashed to this one, it was Kyle Allen throwing an interception or the Seahawks scoring and kind of a shame that this team essentially is wasting a 2000 yard season from Christian McCaffrey. There was early MVP buzz back when they were, I believe they were five and three or five and four at one point. Um, And it's kind of all. All gone to hell since. Um, so, tough if you're a Panthers fan. I'm not really sure what the plan is there with Cam and whatnot. Um, so, we'll see what they do. I agree. I think at this point, you might as well see what you have out of Will Greer the last two weeks of the season. It seemed like Andrew Siliano, every two seconds on red zone, was like, oh, and Will Greer still not in. But, like, I, I don't know. I, he must be maybe potentially getting some kind of kickbacks on Will Greer. Cause he said his name so many times and I was like, Oh, so Kyle Allen got benched, but no, you, you still in there. So very confusing by Andrew Siciliano. Um, But my Grandpa Billy's bum of the week, I am going, even though they won today, um, in Eli's last home start, I'm going with the New York Giants. Now, my rationale here being, if they lose today at home to the Dolphins, they're putting themselves in really good pole position to get Chase Young and the second overall pick in the NFL draft. Seems like kind of a foregone conclusion that Heisman winner Joe Burrow is going to go one to Cincinnati. Now the Giants win this one under Eli. Eli, 20-28, to 283, two touchdowns, three interceptions. But next weekend, Tyler, they go into Washington to play the Redskins. So there's a real chance they win that game. And then they're looking at a three or four pick in In the NFL draft, you miss out on Chase Young. Um, So maybe you get a couple more wins out of Eli here, but I don't think that's what you want as a Giants fan. I know they had the nice moment with everyone cheering him in his potentially his last home start at the Meadowlands, but... I'm saying the Giants are Grandpa Billy's bum of the week because I think with the weapons they have on their team and if they get the right head coach, they could potentially be a quick bounce-back team with the addition of someone like Chase Young, who I kind of feel like is going to be similar to Nick Bosa uh, in the NFL. Um, So, yeah, I'm giving the New York football Giants Grandpa Billy's bum of the week because they are not helping themselves here.
1: Wow. Wow, Giving the giants grandpa billy's bum of the week when they win eli he did have the three picks but he did play pretty decent i had started him in our fantasy league because i've been ravaged (laughs) i've been ravaged by injury at quarterback and he didn't play that bad considering what i thought you have to
2: preface it saying it's a two quarterback league and who is your other who's your other quarterback
1: you started tyler oh david blau who is miserable (laughs) i've 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 uh, what do you call it? I've picked up every quarterback on waivers this week, so I was just trying to find someone I thought Blau would have a nice game versus Tampa, whose defense is terrible, but he stunk. But getting back to your Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week, Grandpa Billy himself is a diehard Giants fan and an Eli, uh, you know, fan, so giving the Bum of the Week in his last home start, he gets the win, goes to 500 in his career. I mean, that's the bigger story, right? If he had lost today, that— pretty much wraps up that he's gonna finish under five hundred in his career, but he gets the win. I, I don't know what Daniel Jones's health is, but I, I feel like they're gonna try to get him back. So Eli goes off on a high note there. But interesting choice, but you know, they do put themselves in, you know, the group now with Miami and Washington and Detroit, even though Detroit has the tie, which makes it a little different. But those three win teams, so if you miss out on Chase Young, that that's huge. That's like a franchise changing player. So I kind of get where you're going, but we'll see. Next week, I think we'll have to hold off till next week to see who wins that game between uh, Washington and the Giants. Yes, we shall see. Um,
2: you have anything else here, Tyler?
1: Joe Burrow won the Heisman. Yeah, he won the Heisman. Oh, congrats to him! Great season uh, by LSU. We'll see what happens in the playoff, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't have much else uh, left. So. I guess we got the Pick'em Pod coming up this week, and everyone will be uh, listening to that.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran,
0: Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.